We're speaking on the area of breakthrough and we're praying for breakthrough in prayer. We've got some stuff going on. We want breakthrough in people's lives who are, who are struggling against sickness or struggling against depression or uh, unemployment uh, or, or, you know, uh, your, your kids are troubling you. You can just swap them at Revival Kids. That's all right. Just sign one in and get another out, you know. If you're not careful, you get two for the price of one, though, so be, be very careful. Uh, but we're also praying for us as a church, uh, breakthrough for our building in Kingswood, breakthrough into more uh, campuses around the region and then, then beyond. And, uh, and we're praying very much for personal breakthrough for your hopes and your dreams, too. And my job as the leader of the church is to see a dream so big that all your dreams fit into it. Yeah, it's not yeah. that you give up your dream yeah. for the dream of this church. My job is to see the panoramic and go, that's where you are on it. Go for it. Because we're 100% behind you, not us serving the, 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 the church sausage machine of all the things we want to do. We're behind you fulfilling your dream. This is a barracks. Yeah. And we get to go out and fulfill what God puts in our hearts. Amen. So let's look after each other in that way. I want to talk uh, about authority. We require authority uh, in order to have breakthrough. If you could do the, the first slide, please. Who's, who's at the back? Is it Hannah? Hi, Hannah. And um, it says this, Acts 1.8, you will receive power. That means authority, ability and strength after the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. That literally means authority, which means this, your Christian life should not just work in theory. It should make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. It should change your finances, change how much you worry, change how you bring up your kids, change your authority over sickness, change your authority over the attacks of the enemy. You should be a person that has authority if the Holy Spirit is on your life, right? But I meet lots of Christians who don't have authority. Even when the Holy Spirit is on and in their lives, they're still a bit wimpy. I remember Adrian Plass, uh, he, he wrote this book that talked about Christians who in theory had authority. So he, he put a paperclip on a, on a desk and commanded it to move in Jesus' name. And it didn't move, blow me down. And so, you know, he prayed a bit more. If it had been me, I would have prayed in tongues and fasted a bit and thrown a bit of oil on it. And then said, in Jesus' name, paperclip, move. And, and he said, the thing just, you know, wouldn't move. How many paperclip situations? We've got all the, we've got the talk of authority. We've got the language, we sing the songs. But as a friend of mine used to say, Christians don't tell lies, they just sing them in their songs. You know, we are more than conquerors and then they end up defeated all week. In other words, this stuff has to work on a Monday. That has to happen on a Monday. Otherwise, somewhere along the line, we're disconnecting from the truth. We're living a type of religion, but not the full thing. And who wants the full thing? I do. That's why we're called Revive, because we yes. want to be alive to the full thing. Yes. Not just part of it, not just bells and smells, but we want power. Boom, yeah. for the hour. Amen. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and uh, so we, we want authority. We need to move the paper clips. When you pray for a headache, it should shift. Yes. Right. I mean, my uh, Zach, my seven year old, y y some of you will know him. He's he's creative. Let me put it nicely. He's a leader in the making. Do you know what that means? Willful. So if you've got a willful child, it's usually because they're a leader in the making. You know, if you've got some kind of soft, cute little thing, well, God bless you. I, I haven't. He's cute, but he's tough and he's willful and he's creative. And you know what I mean? And so, so he's going to be wonderful when he's 25. He's going to be really interesting at 14. And you go, well, how do you know that? Because I know what I was like at 14. 
right? And so we're, we're, all a bit, we're all a bit different. I can't remember why I said that. But anyway, we need to, we need to have uh, authority and, and see our Christianity work. Amen? And um, uh, I've, I've, I've noticed again and again that Christians can come to church and sing the songs but not have the authority. Breakthrough requires authority. That moment when you go through something and at the end of it you go, ooh, it worked. I got better. My finances improved. We built a building. The depression went. That's what authority is. It's a difference between talking all the talk and singing all the songs and going, you know, coming through a night and finding the sun rising and go, he kept me. I'm here. I'm blessed. The oil did not run dry. My finances are fine. I've got a job. The country hasn't fallen apart. God is still on the throne. Right, that, that's, that's the thing. And it's often the missing jewel in many Christians' lives. And so they become frustrated, dull, charismatics because they go through the motions because we all believe the Bible. So we kind of think it should happen. But actually, 16th time round the mountain, there's a dullness in our eyes because we go, if I'm honest, it isn't happening. I keep praising, I keep praying, it isn't going on. The difference is authority. We must discover authority. In 1994, I'd been in ministry four years. I was already exhausted. Uh, I remember 1994, I I, um, traveled to quite a few different countries. And I remember being absolutely exhausted. And uh, uh, do you ever get so tired? You love God, uh, but not people. Right? I love God, but the Bible is like a big box of dry cream crackers. You've got no glass of water and you're supposed to eat it. And you just go, it just isn't doing it for me. Do you ever get like that? Thank you for your honesty, Chris. Um, And I was exhausted. I wanted to buy a log cabin in Canada uh, and go and just stay there, buy a big dog and teach it to bike Pentecostals, right? Because I love God, but I had enough of the church. And, uh, And I remember November 1994, I headed up to Sunderland and there was some meetings going on there every night. Ken, Ken Gott was there. There was a move of the spirit going on in Sunderland. And this little old lady, old lady came up and prayed for me. And I was just ready for anything. And anyway, nothing happened that night. But I remember the next day I was leading worship in the church. It must have been a Saturday night. So on a Sunday morning, I'm leading worship. And then halfway through communion, while I'm playing the piano, the Holy Spirit just hit me. I fell off the stool and I just laughed and laughed and laughed uh, uh, with the joy of the Lord for about half an hour. I actually felt overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit for about 10 days solid. I could hardly move. I was so overwhelmed by the presence of God. And uh, people were coming up to me. Uh, I I was in a Bible school at the time, so you're allowed to be overwhelmed by the Spirit for 10 days. You know what I mean? So um, I had staff coming up going, we need this decision. I was like, I really don't care. Go away. I'm enjoying Jesus. And I was just enjoying Jesus. And, And it got to day six and day seven, and I was still overwhelmed by the presence of God in day eight. And it was so intense. Now I'm starting to think, good heavens, this is an amazing encounter with God. I was thinking, Reinhard, better watch out. Man of power coming through bring out the dead I'm ready you know what I mean I was thinking wow this is this is amazing for 10 days this incredible encounter with God at the end of the 10 days stuff started to kind of die down a little bit I don't know how to describe it but you know the intenseness seemed to seem to pass and do you know I was thinking wow what's it going to be like when this is over with and I I head off to change the world um anybody guess what happened after the, those 10 days I mean, apart from me being refreshed and 
rejuvenated. Anybody guess what happened? Do you want me to tell you what happened? I was exhausted. The Holy Spirit met me powerfully. I was overwhelmed by the Spirit for 10 days solid. Do you want to know what happened after that? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I felt better, but no paper clips were moving. Not a single one. And I had to start to study and discover, well, if just being overwhelmed by the sense and the power and the feeling and the, of the Holy Spirit doesn't bring you to authority what am I missing what am I doing wrong in it all and I discovered being filled is not enough we need to go a few steps further than being filled all right being filled and singing the songs and feeling that lovely sense of approval from heaven is not enough there's a process that comes after you are filled with the holy spirit if you look at the life of jesus in luke 3 and 4 it shows that he was filled with the holy spirit then he was led by the holy spirit you have to go from being filled to being led by the spirit of god you got to start to listen to his voice and do what he says because that's where all the miracles are when you ask for a miracle god doesn't give you a miracle he gives you an instruction when you fulfill the instruction you usually get your miracle that's how it works so it's not just if I can surround myself with enough feeling of the spirit's approval something's going to happen and the paper clips are all going to move it doesn't happen like that you you will receive power after that the whole not when after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you something happens in a process after he comes on you and so you're sensing his love and his approval and his strength but you have to walk the process through in Jesus case he was filled in the Jordan Luke 3 then Luke 4 it says he was led by the Spirit then he goes into the wilderness and he goes through a period of temptation you know it then after that it says then he came out of the wilderness in the power that word he came out in the power of the holy spirit process filled led this bit here that i'm going to talk about this morning then power came there's a process you will receive power after that the holy spirit comes on you people we've got to take the process because i don't know about you what i want is the powerpoint right i i want the paper clips to move and who knows sometimes they're not paper clips they're mountains they're skyscrapers But if we can't move a paperclip, forget about the skyscraper. We've got to step into authority. And I'll put it this way for for the sake of my my talk this morning. Jesus went through this temptation and he was tested and and his motivations were tested and and prodded and why he was doing things and would he remain true to God. And I'm going to call this place here. What we discover about Jesus is that he was sharp. He was on it. You couldn't pull a thing over him. The problem with Adam and Eve is they weren't sharp. They gave into the temptations of the devil. Oh, did he? I don't know. Well, you know. But Jesus, he was filled. He began to be led. But every time the enemy came, he was sharp in his thinking. That's good. I don't care how filled you get. If you don't develop a sharp mind, you will never know authority. 
If you are filled with all the feelings of the power of God, but you don't realize, now I'm going to align my thinking. So one spirit, but the other's word. I'm going to align my thinking with the ways of God. When the spirit lines up with the word, it's like, it's like canals. When they meet, suddenly, boom, something's going to flow. Prepare the way of the Lord. Take the stones out of the road. Lift the valleys, lower the mountains so the glory of God can be revealed. The one is the glory. But guys, we got stones we need to lift out. We got valleys we need to raise. We got mountains we need to lower. So the glory, the power of God can be revealed, transforming our nation. If you want to be able to walk up to someone and cast out a demon or heal them of a problem, you've got to be sharp in here as well as flooded with a sense of the spirit. It's a process. You will receive power after that. Take the process and we go through. Because I... I've discovered this. Go to the next slide. It doesn't matter how filled you are with the Holy Spirit. Top verse. As a man thinks. Not as a man feels or experiences. As a man thinks. Who knows your greatest battle is between your ears. As a man thinks, so is he. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed metamorphosis like from a caterpillar to a butterfly by the renewing of your mind down here at the bottom you were taught with regard your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires how do we do that to be made new in the attitude of your mind and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness therefore each of you must put off falsehood some versions say lying in other words there's a whole battle of truth and lies and it doesn't matter how filled you get. If you don't win the battle of truth and lies, you'll never know power. The devil was saying, did God say, if you're the son of God, Jesus was saying, it's written, it's written, it's written. His mind was sharp. He knew what real truth was and that meant he could walk in the power of the promise. This gift of the Holy Spirit is going to help us renew our minds ready for authority and power and breakthrough. Amen. And that's very personal. It's also very corporate. But the verse at the top there, which is where, of course, we're landing today. As a man thinks in his heart. I like that. It doesn't say what a man thinks. It says as a man thinks or how a man thinks. It's not just what you think that's important. Have you ever thought, how do I think? Do I think like everyone else in the room? How you process thoughts is really powerful to your life. And it's often the difference between weakness and authority. If you can learn to process your thoughts in a powerful kingdom way, then powerful stuff begins to happen. Amen, does that make sense? How do we think? Well, I guess we all take in information and process it, right? We're all taking in information about, if you've watched, I'm a bit of a news junkie, so, you know, I've been up at two in the morning watching all the political stuff going on. Uh, But we take in information about relationships. We take in what other people say. We take in things that we read. We take in things that we watch. And then we all process it. But have you ever thought that we probably all process a little differently? How a man thinks is what he will be like. How do you think? What are the things that you tend to lean towards first in your thought processes? They're going to define your life because as a man thinks, so is he. See, it's, it's reality, isn't it? We don't see the world as it is. 
It's a quote from someone else, and I don't know who. You can shout out who if you want to. We don't see the world as it is. We see it as we are. Get this, we're not seeing yeah. reality. Whether we're talking about a referendum or yeah. our personal life, our relationships, destiny, dreams, church, career, kids. We don't see reality. We often see as we are because we all process information differently. We need to learn to process different. Five blind men were asked to, to describe an elephant and one felt the tusk and said, oh, it's like a spear. The other one felt the ear and said, it's like a big leaf. The other one felt the side and said, it's like a wall. Another one felt the leg and said, it's like a pillar. Another one felt the tail and said, it's like a rope. None of them were describing an elephant. They were just describing the perspective that they could reach at that time. In all of our arguments about self, forget politics now, in all of our arguments about ourselves, our internal reasonings, how much truth is really going on? Because I, I, I found that people say we, we think tens of thousands of times a, a day. We have tens of thousands of thoughts, but only a tiny percentage are positive. Do you know that 10,000 young girls usually every month put on the Internet, am I ugly? Question mark. Usually with a picture of themselves. You should read the comments that come after it because they're dealing in poor information. How much information, how much evidence that we handle do we handle poorly? And, and even the evidence itself is poor, but then how we handle it is even worse because as a man thinks, how you think is going to define you. If your thinking doesn't get straightened out and get sharp, doesn't matter how filled you get, you will not know power. We need to sharpen our thinking. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, go to the next slide. So how we think is called reason. It's how we reason. And we reason about ourselves. Fat, thin. Yeah. I mean, honestly, girls, guys often don't understand the whole image thing. So, some do. I, I do. <laughs> you know. But, you know, sometimes when a girl says, am I too fat? Really, a guy's thinking, what are you talking about? Because often there's a, there's a whole reasoning thing that's different. If we could deal with our, our reason, the way we, we examine information, if we realize we're, we're being forensic, but are we handling truth or are we handling the comments of others, somehow built up insecurities, the lies of the enemy, what culture throws at us, or are we really handling truth? Jesus didn't say you will know your perspective and your perspective will set you free. It's only one thing going to set you free, not your perspective. Discover the truth. See the elephant. (laughs) You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. There's authority in truth, not in perspective. And the way that we come to these perspectives is reason. So as a man reasons, how a man reasons is how he is. That's where I'm trying to get to. Am I making sense? You're right with this? Good, okay. When I was a child, because you've got to realize at some point I need to update how I reason. If not, I'll always be a child. When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. Therefore, I reasoned like a child. How does a child reason? With the evidence that they're given, but usually extremely selfishly. When I was a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man... I put the ways of childhood behind me. In other words, there came a, 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 a coming of age when I started to reason differently. 
If you want to know God's authority in your life, I don't care how much you're filled, there has to come a day when you start to reason. Yes. You start to handle the evidence differently in your mind because yes. yes. that's what leads to power. Yes. I need to start thinking differently. If not, if I try to take my childish reasoning into my adulthood, I will actually be uh, childish in my ways. No matter how much he fills me, no matter how many songs I sing, I'm actually going to have a lifestyle of a child and not in a good way, in a childish way, right? Um, We need to somehow, so so here's what we do. Here's here's what I'm getting at. There's different ways that we we reason, Um, different postures that we we adopt. Um, if your propensity is to fear, it's like you've got evidence on the table and you use the hands of fear to study it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. How, how do you approach things? If you, if you approach relationships with the hands of fear, you'll always be a suspicious person. That's right. But that's how a child reasons. When I grew up, I started to think like God, the hands of faith. Right. Um, when 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 I've when I've got um, when I've got self-absorption in me, I look at the evidence, always trying to find what can give me approval or make the best for my life. Those aren't the hands of God or the or the hands of faith. Yeah. Right. When I when when I pick everything up with the hands of shame. When I handle all the thoughts in my mind and who knows, this is what it's like trying to find the gold of truth is like panning for gold. Everything you do, they get the pan and water flows through and you're trying to find these tiny nuggets of gold, tiny nuggets of gold in a pan full of sand. If your hands are full of fear and suspicion, you just keep grabbing at the dirt and the dust and the, and the riverbed. But the hands of faith go, I'm just looking for the nugget. I don't care about the other evidence. I'm looking for the truth because the truth is going to make me rich. But it is like panning for gold in a mind full of all sorts of thoughts. The number one thing we need to start to do is stop believing everything we think. Stop admiring everything we think. Stop thinking we're so clever. Get some humility about us and go, right, I'm pa- I'm planning for the gold I'm looking for gold and I I tell you when I'm hungry here's what I'm learning because I'm growing up in my thinking when I'm hungry I ignore my evidence anyone else maybe you don't get low blood sugar blood sugar like I do but I don't make a decision when I'm hungry when I'm hungry when I'm angry when I'm offended I now go because I realize there's a lot of muck And I'm looking for the gold. When I'm angry or offended, I need to tell myself, don't believe a thing you think, Cooper, right now. Until you get into his presence and calm down and listen to God. When I'm tired, I don't believe a thing I think. I just put on someone else preaching. I put on some music and I go, shut up, Cooper. We're not going to listen. We're bored of you. You've got to start to talk yourself like King David. He's, he yeah. spoke to himself in third person. Oh, shut up, soul. Put your hope in God. That's it, yeah. Stop believing all of the riverbed That's rubbish and look yeah. for the gold. Pick up the Bible and find some gold. Yeah. When I'm hungry, angry, when I'm lonely. Yeah. Don't listen. Lo- don't believe a thing you say because pity never leads to power. That's right. I say it again. Pity will never lead you to power. So you need to go, all right, you've had your pity party. I gave you all of four minutes. Now shut up 
and let's look for some gold because I'm not going to. How I think I refuse to put the gloves of pity on and handle the thoughts in my mind. I'm going to take them off. I'm going to put on the gloves of faith and I'm going to look for the gold of the truth of God because that's where the power is. It's in the truth of God. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Halt. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Stop. Whoa. Don't believe a word your mind says. And listen, don't think, well, I'm bad. No, you're normal. It's just when I was a child, I believed everything I thought. But when I grew up, I started to be sharper and realize I was full of a load of nonsense. I had a good day me and a bad day me. And when I really matured, I could learn to take bad day me that got out of the wrong side of bed and by breakfast turned into good day me. That's what mature people do. You, yeah. you, you learn how to be sharp quicker. Amen. You learn to go, oh, depressed, you shut up. When, listen, when someone is depressed, it's like driving a car, but every dial on the dashboard is telling you falsehood. So you have to start going, I'm not going to believe a thing I think. I'm just going to start to read the Bible, listen to worship music, listen to God, and I'm going to stop believing what I think. Because the truth, and I've been there, you're thinking rubbish right now. It's not truth. You're feeling the tail of the elephant saying it's a rope. No, usually on a lot of things, we're wrong when we get like that. And we need to get back to go, right, what does God say? Right, like all I need is the word of God. Does it make sense? need to handle the evidence differently. Because when we change our posture, reason with faith. Um, uh, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promise was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Of course, it was a symbolic sacrifice. We know by the end of the story, don't we? God had said to him, it's through, it's through Isaac, this, this promised son, that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, all your, your, your children and generations are going to come from him. So Abraham reasoned that God, Abraham, look how he chose to reason. Abraham reasoned that God. We need to start getting God into our reasoning. That's when it gets powerful. Abraham reasoned that God, let's go wild, could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. We've got to start to put on the gloves of faith when we handle the muck of our thoughts and start to look for the gold. And when we start to line up, yes, God did say, yes, God did say, it is written. This is who I am. This is who God is. He is my provider. He works all things for good. When we begin to adjust our lives to handle and reason like that, things start to get powerful because that's when you face situations and you break through because you look at Jericho and go, God's greater. You look at the Red Sea and go, God's greater. You look at sickness and you go, God's greater. You look at your enemy, you go, God's greater. You look at your weakness and you go, God's greater. And you start to reason that God, if God said it, he'll do it. Reason that God and everything begins to change. We've got to change our posture because when we change our posture, Powerful things happen. I'm not going to tell you why, but I needed to break down a door the other week. I know, I felt like I was in a movie. Really. I felt like, uh, not even Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, I think. Maybe Bruce Willis. I had to break down this door. And so at first I... I, I kind of leant back and I was, I was testing it to try and see what's, you know, what's this door like. And I gave it a kick and uh, nothing happened. It was just a bit of creaking, a bit of cracking. So then I gave it another kick 
oh, nothing happened. So I looked at it and then I thought, oh, stuff it. I put my shoulder to it and poof, and straight away popped open, wood everywhere. <laughs> Die hard with a vengeance, right? Listen, change of posture. One breaks through, the other doesn't. Same person. I adjusted my position and way more power came. Slight adjustments in your reasoning don't deliver slight changes. They utterly transform the outcome. When we go, I'm going to start to just think a little bit different. I'm going to grow up my thinking and suddenly you go, whoa, it's working. Wow, financial release is coming. Authority over sickness is coming. My prayers are beginning to be answered. Something happens on the inside when we adjust. And the adjustment we need to make is if we find ourselves a suspicious person or someone who deals a lot in, I'm handling all the evidence with the hands of fear or I'm handling it with the hands of shame. You need to adjust that posture. Your internal thought life needs to change. And the word just, you could go all sorts of places I know with this, but I'm going to share one word with you this morning that I have found brings immense authority in the things of God. And it's the next slide if we've got it. It says this. Uh, confidence. I've found that when a Christian, and this goes against the English way, so listen up. When a Christian has a propensity, not for cockiness, not for arrogance, for that very subtle thing called confidence, something begins to break out in their world of heaven. Let me read some of the verses. The fruit of righteousness will be peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. Do you know, Christian, you should be confident. Yes. If the gloves you handle your world with are called reticent and fearful, you will not see the kingdom of God come no matter how much you feel the presence. Yeah. You need to go, right, now I need to get sharp in my thinking. I'm going to start to think as a confident person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well how do you do that? You just start doing it. Yeah. Well, no, tell me more. No, just start doing it. Start realizing that stinking thinking. What does, what does a confident Jared look like? What does a confident Sandra look like? What does a confident Chris look like? What does a confident Rob or a Nigel look like? Who, who, what is a confident version of you? Every one of us has good day you, bad day you. Yeah. You've got to choose. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to live in this powerless religion my whole life. I'm going to grow up in the way I reason and I'm going to start to discover what it means to reason with confidence. God is on my side. That's what he made you to be. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. Ezekiel, Egypt will no longer be a source of confidence. I'm not talking about confidence in you. I'm talking about confidence in God in you. But listen, it feels the same. Can you imagine what confidence feels like? Think about when you feel confident. What does it feel like? Come on, work with me. Feels good, doesn't it? Feels nice. You know what God confidence feels like? Feels good. Yeah. I mean, I'm bored of being a miserable Christian. Yeah. Right? De a lot of Christians spend their whole life dealing in shame. Yeah. That's the opposite of the gospel. That's right. Shame has absolutely no good use. Conviction maybe, but not shame. Shame is always a bad pair of gloves to wear to work of the evidence of your minds because they'll be picking out all the things you ever did wrong and all yeah. the things you might never do, yeah. right? And you're, and you're handling all of the stuff and you get filled with all the things of yourself. It's not about confidence in ourselves coming from Egypt. It's about confidence coming from God, right? In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom 
and confident. You want to come near to God? God says, right, be confident. And we're like, well, I'm not sure how to do that. Hebrews 3, 6, but Christ is faithful. as a son of, over God's house and we are his house. If, 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 if you'll be his house, you will house God if we hold firmly to our confidence. If you lose your confidence, you lose your authority. Yeah. Right? So don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. That's what you're supposed to feel like. Yeah. I'm loved. <laughs> He's on my side. I, I, don't know, I don't know about the rest of the world, but my life can't go wrong. He's my provider. He's my healer. He's my keeper. He's my shepherd. He's my friend. He's on my side. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Confidence is immensely powerful. And we need to learn. And I, I think to some it's like, mm, I, you know, I don't know. That feels uncomfortable. What does a confident version of me looks like? Oh, it looks lovely. Yes. A confident version of all of us is usually kinder. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah. More forgiving. Yeah. More adventurous. Yes. More exciting. Yeah. More praise filled, more peace filled. We've got to lean into confidence. When Phil Pringle became a church minister, he said I was a very underconfident man. So he said for six months, I just said to myself, I am so confident it's ridiculous. And he said, what was he doing? He was changing his posture. And you might go, well, I don't know if I believe in that stuff. Okay, stay miserable then. But the rest of us come over here. We'll start to think like God. You can think like the devil and come back when you've had enough of that. But over here, those who start to go... I'm confident because that's what it said I should be. And if I'm going to approach him, if I'm going to ask and see answers come, I've got to start to think confidently. I'm going to take the gloves of shame off and the gloves of yes. suspicion and the gloves of fear off, yeah. put on the gloves of faith. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to get to know this elephant, right? I'm going to... Yeah. Who does God yeah. say you are? Yes. When you think, start to think about how you think because yes. it'll lead you up the wrong street. Amen? Amen. Um, change your posture. Um, let's let's go what's the next slide let me just see because I'm running out of time so I'm going to finish early okay the the movie A Beautiful Mind anybody ever seen it true story about John Nash and John Nash was a, a um, paranoid schizophrenic he, he heard voices in his head went on to be remarkable. It's a very, very sad film. I can't, I don't know if I've ever made it all the way through because I don't like sad movies because uh, of what they do to your mind. And um, I like cheerful stuff. But uh, when he received the Nobel Prize for, I think it was economics, um, somebody went up to him and said, wow, that's incredible. You've achieved so much. Um, uh, what's it like now to be free of all those thoughts and those voices in your head? And he said, he said this up here. Oh, they've not gone away. I've just got used to ignoring them. And I think as a result, they've kind of given up on me. I think that's what it's like with all our dreams and our nightmares, Martin. We've got to keep feeding them for them to stay alive. Wow, that's good. What are you feeding? And that, that's, the verse underneath gives it biblically. 
God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Um, change your posture to confidence. Why not, why not say like Joan of Arc? I'm not fearing. I was born to do this. Come on, world. Come on, job. Come on, relationships. Come on, financial freedom. Come on, blessing. Come on. How's about when we adjust our posture to confidence, what would it do to us? Put the last slide up, please. Oh, uh, go again. And again. There you go. Um, what you think and how you think will lead you in Christ. Uh, to break through. I've got a quote here from Spurgeon. Listen to this. Because I wonder sometimes if we think maybe, maybe of all the people on the earth, it's me that exhaust God's grace. <laughs> if only we knew and adjusted our way of thinking to really grasp who he is. Spurgeon said this, as a bird cannot exhaust the air in the sky, nor a fish exhaust the water in the sea. Neither can we exhaust the grace of God. Imagine how great the grace of God is. To think that we will run out of his power is like a bird thinking, I think I might run out of sky. Or a fish thinking, I think I might run out of sea. God's great grace is able to surround your life, bring blessing and breakthrough again and again and again. And listen, he doesn't get disillusioned with you. He never had any illusions in the first place. He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly your foibles and your failings. And he says, my grace is sufficient for you, Lee, in Bolivia. My grace is sufficient for the, 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 the people that work in evangelism with little angels in our community here. His grace is sufficient for the breakthrough. And it's time we took off the gloves of thinking, are we worth it? Can we do it? Do we have the capacity? Do we have the resources? Take off those gloves and reason like a man. Reason with hands of faith and say, my God is able. We can only do so much, but God can do this much. My God is able to break through for me. Let's begin to reason like men and women. Adjust our thinking. And I would say this, have a propensity. If in doubt, be confident. I seriously examine forensically every pattern of thought that is not confident because it would tell me in that area there is probably a lie somewhere adjusting your authority. Yes, very good. Start to be confident in God because I've never seen breakthrough in someone's life by somebody going, well, Lord, I really hope that maybe... You just might, you know, <laughs> if you can even see us, Lord, break through for this person, they're a bit miserable. But I've again and again seen men and women of authority go in Jesus' name. Go, Why can't we live like that? In Jesus' name. Not harsh, not arrogant, but flooded with that confidence of heaven. His grace is enough for this situation. Mountain, be moved in Jesus' name. Start to develop. And here you go. Here's our lesson for the next 10 years. 
let's become confident. Because unlike many British people think, confidence is beautiful. Ladies, the best makeup you could ever put on, I mean it, there's nothing more beautiful than a confident woman. I don't mean arrogant. Confidence is beautiful. Men, in order to be a good father, confidence looks well on us. Let us not in our Britishness say confidence is not how we do things. You will never have the power of God if you do. You were born to be not arrogant, but confident. Let's stand in the presence of God. Raise your hands high. Band, could you come out really very quickly because we've just got a few minutes to worship in God's presence. Can I have the handheld mic, please? We're just going to... Thanks, Steve. Jesus, let's raise our hands quickly to heaven and just let the Spirit of God fill you right now. He loves you. Let the approval of heaven blow through this room. But as he does, I want you to talk to God about adjusting the posture of how you live do you need to take the gloves of shame off the gloves of fearfulness or reticence the gloves of shyness I don't mean that you become brash but there's a there's a side to shyness that can be fear based it's lovely to be quiet but you don't need to be fearful What gloves do you need to take off to change your posture? How you think is powerful. You will never exhaust the grace of God. He surrounds you, engulfs you, lifts you. If you don't know Jesus this morning, you can put your life in his hands. He loves you completely. He died to save you from your sins. 